This is episode number 296. What are the elements of your story with Caleb Pearson? Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being a shout out to our sponsor, and that is this episode is sponsored by Say Your Peace. Say Your Peace aims to spark global change through self-transformation and community dialogue. Share your story by using hashtag SayYourPeace, that's P-E-A-C-E, and following them on Instagram and Facebook. The other announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show. And that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Also, if you like what you heard, consider joining us every single Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time for our weekly series called Survive to Thrive, Live the Story You Create. What this is, is a weekly discussion where we explore the connection between one's personal narrative and the topics of resilience, grief, appreciation, gratitude, and many others. If you feel like this message aligns with you, please consider joining us live either through Facebook or LinkedIn on any given Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time where you'll be able to share your own insights and your own perspectives as it relates to each and every given topic. Now, let's get back to the show. Caleb, how are you? I'm great. How's it going, Oleg? And it's going well. It's been a while. I, um, it, it's funny, as I was even mentioning the whole concept of you know, weekly things like that, and just sometimes there's no Wi-Fi, or sometimes mm. there would be a there would be quote unquote Wi-Fi, but then there wasn't any Wi-Fi. So it's <laughs> it's it's been a journey, but it it's been really interesting to actually somewhat live in the moment when he, mm. when those circumstances even come up, because and, and I think this is a perfect, at least for me, perfect connection to this concept of what are the elements of your story. <laughs> you know, I've been working on this story for three to four years. And that's creating many of these spaces and opportunities for people to further develop and understand their own narrative. And then what I've realized was that by traveling, much of this story can change. There are certain circumstances I'm sure you're aware of as well. You've traveled quite a bit where you get into places and there is no Wi-Fi connection. And and it's not only that there's no Wi-Fi connection in the place that you're at, there's no Wi-Fi connection in the town that you're in. So <laughs> you can't really go anywhere to change the circumstances. And what it really got me curious about what are the elements of this story that I've created? And the other part is, you know, what happens if the story changes? And, and more importantly, I think, and maybe this is the way that we can even kick off this conversation and then take it from wherever it goes. But how do you even know if you're creating the right story? To begin with like what what does that even mean to you is that something that is aligned like how do you how do you interpret that 
Do you, mm. is that, do you tune into your heart to understand that? Is it more mind-based? Is it a combination of the two? Or is it something that's not even closely related to any of those things? I don't even, I don't know necessarily that there is a right story or right or wrong story. It is just your story. Um, I guess if you were to put it in a place of it being right or wrong, um, is it a story that you are living or one that you've created that is one of your own making uh, Mm. and not necessarily um, that of which you're trying to make fit into somebody else's ideas? or somebody else's uh, framework, which you see a lot of, right? Yeah. You see a lot of that in relationships, in in, in jobs, in work, in school, in society. Um, a lot of people trying to uh, put themselves in the box of wherever their environment is or whatever they deem to be, I guess, acceptable. Um, mm-hmm. But... I guess to me, it's not necessarily what story that I'm living or that has been created for me. Is it right? Um, More so, is it a collection of the experiences and my ability to develop and learn from those experiences? Where do you draw the line, especially when it comes to relationships? Because this is something that I've experienced and have had an opportunity to learn from. Where do you draw the line between allowing the relationships, whether it's intimate or friendships or business, whatever it might be, to dictate the story that you live? So what I mean by that is I'll give you an example. Some of the relationships that I've been in, I remember, in fact, to date, I remember having conversations where the person would say, hey, you need to change this or you need to fix that. You can't do that. And and I realized that in some of those situations, I did end up changing those things, even though internally I did not want to, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want to make the bed. The first thing that I woke up, I wanted to go and have breakfast and then come back and make the bed. So there's just all these routine changes that I found myself doing. And it really got me curious as far as where does the person personally draw the line between, okay, these, this is, these are the elements, these are the routines that I would like to create my story or my life around. And then these are the things that the other person expects of me. Like, have you ever, have you ever fell into a similar position that I was in or, or been challenged like that before? Uh, yes. Very much. Yes. Every time. So I've been in several um, extended relationships. I was married for about three or I was married for four years. Uh, we were together for three, separated for the last, and then I've been engaged twice. Um, each has been a long relationship, but the one thing, and this is this is the line, right? This is the line for me that has that that ended, made the decision to end the relationship was when I no longer recognized myself in my own story. Mm. When all the things that I were I was doing for the sake of the relationship. Uh, were in direct conflict of the things that I identified as being a piece of Caleb. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not to say that in a relationship you don't need to compromise and that you don't need to make certain changes, but when I am giving up who I recognize as myself and I no longer see that, I can no longer see Caleb when I look in the mirror, well, then there's a problem. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done it over and you would think I would learn from it, but I've done it over and over again. And ultimately there's no happiness in that. There really yeah. isn't because if you're not happy within the person that you have created for yourself, um, and you realize that you your life is being lived for the sake of someone else, there's not a whole lot of happiness there. Is that the ultimate goal for you? Happiness? Happiness, yeah. Or one uh, of them? Being content, being, being happy content. and content. And uh, to have somebody to sh- I can live life by myself. I'm fine. But if I'm going to join uh, with someone, if I'm going to be with someone, um, I need it to be someone who's going to accept me um, and not want to change me mm-hmm. um, because I have put in a lot of creating my story and writing my story and developing the identity of Caleb Pearson that is always, that is not necessarily ever changing, but always growing and forever learning, evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, but at my core, I'm still Caleb Pearson. But when it comes to, I guess, relationships and trying, when that core starts to shake, that's when it becomes a problem for me. Uh, And when that image of me is now hazy, even if it's, you know, maybe it starts off with something small as in, you know, my morning routine is to get up and not make my bed, but go grab a cup of coffee and I'll come back to the bed, right? it may start off with that. And that's small if it doesn't go past that. But what if it like moves to something that I truly, truly value and uh, I want to hold on for a piece of myself, but that other person wants it changed? Well, how do you tell the quick. how do you tell the difference in those circumstances? Because I've personally found it very challenging, even when it comes to these, quote unquote, minor and major things. And maybe one of the reasons why I found it challenging is because I um, for the longest time, I couldn't really differentiate between what is a minor quote unquote change and what is a major one. Mm. You know, it, it is, is giving the control to my bank account. Is that a major? Probably. Let me rephrase that. That's probably But like minor things like that, or having to wash the dishes after you're done immediately and not put them in the sink. Like how do you, have you found, what those things are as far as the minor and major changes. And then did you ever find yourself in situations where the minor ones actually became quote unquote, the major ones, but you just didn't realize it in the moment? Mm. Yeah. So the, the, the major things that have, I guess, shook me or that I noticed were not necessarily super literal or tangible things, but things that I, again, have valued greatly as a piece of me. Um, for instance, the gym, right? I love the gym. Um, it's part of my identity. It's part of who I am. I lift. I'm all about fitness. I like bodybuilding. But I was in a situation and in a relationship where I gave I didn't go to the gym regularly. I mean, there was a time like I didn't I was out of the gym for like a month and a half or whatever. And that's that's major for me because not only uh, because I compete, but but not only do I love the, you know, the gym and fitness, I was very well aware of, you know, the muscle tone and the stuff that I was losing. Uh, But it was to me, it was like, oh, well, I'm sacrificing this to, 
you know, be with this person or whatever. Uh, but I wasn't happy about it because I didn't like the way I looked. That was a major thing mm. for me. That was huge. Um, and then oftentimes, a lot of things, these things that we go through, we don't notice our minor or major until after well, the it's done. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go back and look on it and it's like, oh, man, that was actually huge. You know, that was actually huge at the time. But maybe I just didn't see it. And, I'm, you know, that was like how my, my last relationship was. I didn't realize how toxic and how controlling that relationship had gotten until it was over. Mm. Until it was it, it had reached its peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going back and looking at it. You're like, oh, man, what what the heck was going on with me? What was I thinking? You know, but I gave up so much. I gave up so much of myself, a lot of my my freedom um, for the sake of of that relationship. And as it pertains to the topic here, uh, the elements of my own story, I wasn't I was no longer writing my own story. I was trying to fit. Um, and create a chapter in somebody else's co-author. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even that. Maybe ghost <laughs> author. Because <laughs> it wasn't even like I was being mentioned, right? It was, it was their story, and then I kind of tried to fit in there, so I wasn't even really co-authoring. So yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get tired? So like, tired. I'm working on a story. <laughs> I'm writing the story. Yeah. I do. Um, And, you know, you and I were talking about it before we started the broadcast, but it. You achieve so much in life and through that achievement and your interactions with people, especially if you are an influencer or um, you're more outgoing or more outspoken and you have a large network, a lot of people know you, but they know you for what they know you for. Right. Um, Partly because that's something you value within yourself. So it shines, it shows to everyone else. But that's what they know you for. But sometimes being so outspoken, such an extrovert, it does take a lot of energy. And I have a lot of energy, but sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I just kind of want to take a step back. And you had mentioned something before in um, it being a never ending discomfort. Because although you enjoy it, um, you like your podcast, you like yeah. your programs, you like um, overcoming odds and everything that it does and everything that it does for everybody else. But a lot of people, un- except for those who participate at the time, a lot of people don't understand or see a lot of the time and energy that goes behind the scenes in putting it out there. Oh, so, yeah. some, you know, and sometimes you just kind of want to take a step back. Um, this is a large part of your story. This is a huge element that is in your story, but it's also a huge element that is very taxing on you. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just you're just tired, so, and that's how it is for me. I'm just I, I'm just tired. Can I step away um, from this discomfort for a little bit, recharge, and come back? But a, a lot of times we choose not to because you also mentioned people pleasing. I'm yeah. a huge people pleaser. Huge people pleaser. And I too so much to the point to where I'll let myself exhaust and continue to try to keep going for the sake of those that know me for what I've done or, you know, what I'm known to be. And look, part of that 
and you hit the nail on the head for me is I, I realized that I create the expectations. Mm-hmm. I create the expectations for myself and for the other world, for how people and whoever else perceive me for who I am. And I think one of the things that I've even realized through this travel that helped me uh, shine a light on this is <clears throat> prior to this travel, if some of these um, minor inconveniences would happen along the way, such as no Wi-Fi, no internet, whatever whatever it might be, I, I, I know that in my prior self, I would find that to be the end of the world mm. because I had created this expectation to deliver on a weekly basis at this time on this state with these people. And then all of a sudden, if I'm the one that's responsible for the back end and for some reason I can't make it work, I know that in whatever months or years leading up to today, it, it was challenging. It was mm-hmm. challenging to accept that maybe this is part of the journey. Maybe this is what it actually means to deal with uncertainty, to deal with the unknown, to deal with the discomfort of things not going according to, quote unquote, your plan. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the other things that I've realized. And and one other thing I wanted to briefly point out is you mentioned this concept of being tired from creating, constantly creating the story. And one of the things that I've learned is – Whenever I do different forms of speaking engagements, whether it's schools, colleges, corporations, wherever it might be, I always try and acknowledge the person that put it together first. Mm. And the reason why is because I think many people don't see the back end. I think many people just see the simple click of a button and boom, somehow you're traveling through this whole thing called space and then you're there you're there from Ireland all of a sudden and you're in the United States within mm-hmm. se- within a second. And the, the thing that I, I don't think oftentimes is understood is what it actually takes to do mm. a lot of this, what it actually takes to create a story. Because I think there are multiple stories that are happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's a story that I'm creating internally when it comes to confidence, courage, whatever else. Then there's the actual physical story that I have to do as well as you do. We host podcasts. <clears throat> Unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way, those things just don't release themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't edit – the conversations don't edit themselves. It would be cool if they did. It, it would <laughs> simplify a lot, right? Yes. Or the, the whole conversation doesn't just break down into – promotional material in Mm. order to uh, help people find it in order to spread the message even more. And so I think that's one of the things that I've realized oftentimes goes unappreciated. Mm. And I don't know why it happens the way it does, but I've just learned that it does. That's just Mm. one of the things that, that I've learned throughout my journey. So I, I think the desire for me to continue to create the story I think there's also personality plays a role in this. I, I, I mentioned to you prior to us starting this that I am a I'm a generator. I'm mm-hmm. literally a machine sometimes. I, I, I can do so many different things and not lose energy and still p- do it with the same intensity. But what I sometimes fail to recognize is that not everyone else is the same way. Mm-hmm. I can put out four or five podcasts a week, but that's because that's how many conversations I could have in a week. But then I look back and then I think about if anyone were to listen to five of 
five conversations like this that really go deep, would they be overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. And how would that impact their story? Mm-hmm. Would they feel even more confused? So in, ret- in turn, would it do more harm than good if you put out too much? Mm-hmm. So I think that it's just a constant juggle in trying to understand what is the story that I'm creating and how is it actually contributing towards the impact that I would like to have which I think, if anything, leads me to maybe even a, another point of this or another element of my story, it's intention. Mm. What's the intention behind the story? Why am I creating the story? And am I, act, am I actually the one that's quote-unquote writing the story? Or is there someone else? Are there people's expectations that are writing this whole thing? Now that I've created this, and I, I, I'm curious if you've actually gotten to this point with your podcast as well and the work that you do, and maybe even outside of that space, but in service and anything, do you ever find yourself that in doing so much of this work that after a while it becomes so difficult to take a step back because that's the story you've created? Mm-hmm. So now everyone, like you said, views you for that, and it, it almost – I mean, does it actually create opportunities for you to take a step back and say, hey, I don't want to do this anymore? Uh, not often, I don't think. And, you know, it. Um, I had this conversation, too, whenever I interviewed uh, uh, Steve Gamlin. And it was one reason why he stepped away from, you know, um, uh, comedy. Uh, I think he spoke about the expectation that he had um, and, but he, he didn't want to live that story anymore. Mm. Um, he wanted to change. And it's the same thing. Uh, you asked uh, if, if I've, if, I, if I've experienced it. Yes. Um, especially now as a, as an instructor, as a teacher and developing my, my peers and my fellow uh, brothers and sisters in arms into the leaders of um, tomorrow's air force. Um, Gosh, man, I, I burn out. I do. I definitely burn out. And I do that because I put so much passion and energy in creating that that instructor story. Yeah. Right. Um, and I put a I, when I teach, it's not just, oh, let me pull up the curriculum and let me just tell you what this is. Let me deliver this however I can. Because I have to remember that although I'm teaching this for maybe the 10th 11th, 12th time, my students are receiving it for the first. Yeah. So the same amount of energy and passion that I poured into it the first time I taught it, I pour into it the next time and the next time and the next time. And that takes, that takes a lot, but it's, it's recognized. My students recognize that my students recognize that not only am I, I'm teaching a set curriculum, but I'm teaching it with passion and that I actually value it. Um, and I'm doing it with the intent to, uh, develop them with them as my number one priority. It's not about, oh, let me come to work and just deliver the content so I can just get my job done. No, I need you to buy into what I'm trying to give you here. So I can't do that unless I'm willing to be open and vulnerable and passionate and show you that I actually value this information that I'm trying to give to you. Um, Mm. But in that, in that story that I've created as an instructor, man, there's, you can get burnt out. 
you can definitely get burnt out. You can definitely get tired uh, because they're expecting that. They're expecting yeah. high energy Caleb in the morning, first thing in the morning, right? And this week has kind of been challenging for that uh, because I've uh, I got this, the flu shot last week, so I've just kind of been down in the dumps. But my energy levels are literally just not very high, uh, which has affected my motivational level, um, which I would say could be another element of your story and creating your story is what is motivating you, what drives you. You spoke about intent. What is the intent? But also what's going to keep you pushing towards it. Right. Um, And I just have to keep reminding myself in the morning okay, I'm feeling a certain way, but I'm about to turn on my camera and be in front of a bunch of students that have nothing to do with the fact that, right, with my circumstances. So I can't project that, right? I cannot project that onto them. And I feel like, and this is part of that whole people pleasing, but I think in a good way, I feel like that um, I owe it to them to be able to deliver to that high octane level of energy you know what i'm saying yeah that high level and keep giving them that and i could i'll suck it up and then deal with the consequences at the end <laughs> if, if that's if yeah. that's what needs to to happen but um i am aware though very self-aware of uh what's going on mentally and physically with myself if i feel too burnt out um, i know how to take a step back Something I've had to learn, um, but I know how to take a step back. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you Uh is you you spoke about your, you know, your show and everything that you had to pour into delivering content. Um, You said before, you you know, four episodes a week or something like that. It's a lot. But how do you mitigate burnout or when it does show up, how do you deal with it? Well, I think previously it definitely was more frequent than it is now. And that's solely because I think you you said it well, and that's when you put so much passion and energy into it, it's, I mean, the tank does hit E. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's not possible to stand full the whole time. So that's one of the things that I've realized. And and what I started to notice is was when I hit burnout within this quote-unquote story I was creating, I literally had no motivation mm-hmm. to keep going. So when you talk about you have to have something to go back to, what I started to go back to was the why. And I know it, as cliche as it sounds, but I think it does actually, it can serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. Knowing why do you do what you do? Primarily for me, it helped me understand that, okay, when the motivation to get up in the morning and do another podcast, to have another conversation, to do X, Y, and Z wasn't there I had to remind myself, why did I start this to begin with? Mm-hmm. And I think in understanding that, it in a way helped me rebuild some of the energy that I um, gave to some of these other things. And then outside of that, I think it, it's as simple as rest. And I remember I, I was listening to a video or I was watching a video with Jim Carrey. And one of the things that he said was he was talking about his own depression mm-hmm. and, and how – I think a lot of it actually had to do with overworking. And, and one of the things he mentioned was think about, and he said this brilliantly, he said, think about the word depression, deep rest. And, and I realized in that moment, it's like, that's really what 
sometimes it requires mm. is just deep rest, like taking a step back and taking a week off. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it really the end of the world scenario if mm -hmm. on one week a podcast episode doesn't get released? If you don't put out some piece of content to promote the previous conversations, if you have to reschedule a class, if you have to reschedule a speaking engagement, if you have to reschedule an intro call with someone, is it really the end of the world? And that's kind of how I started to approach it. So I think for me now, I don't experience it as much. And the reason why is because I've learned over time how to make myself available for certain things. Mm -hmm. I no longer do that Monday through Sunday. When it comes to work, I'll only do it Thursday through Saturday. The other four days, I really try and take time for myself to reflect, to learn, and then sometimes just to take a step back and literally do nothing, which has been one of the hardest things within my story because I've always viewed the concept of creating your story with a form of productivity. I felt that whenever I wasn't productive, I wasn't creating the narrative that I wanted to live. When the reality of the matter is that's not always true. Sometimes the most profound reflections that I found was by sitting on a couch and not doing anything. Mm. And then just thinking to myself, oh, that's what Caleb meant. Or, oh, this is what my friend Thomas had said three years ago that all of a sudden makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there is a lot of that. Now, I, I will also say that I think rest is not a commonly accepted thing, at least in the cultures that I've been especially living in us mm -hmm. I, I just i don't think it's part of the story i think it's more so go 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 more 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 mm -hmm. I, I was talking to scott and and a couple other people yesterday and the just a squirrel episode and we were talking about this concept of progress and how the number of hours you work has almost become a badge of honor Think about how many times you have conversations where the person says, I worked 16 hours, and the other one might say, oh, I worked 18. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how that's humanly possible to work that many hours. <laughs> I mean, I try sometimes, <laughs> but it's, 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 I can't do it. Mm -mm. So I, I realized that I, I know work can play a tremendous part within one story and give them tremendous meaning. But I'm also beginning to realize that there's more to this story than solely the desire to work and to create. Sometimes it is literally not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that, too. And um, you alluded to. I'm sorry. There we go. And you alluded to um, resting. Uh, I was listening to a previous episode of this podcast. I'm trying to remember if it was with Casey Berman, mm -hmm. uh, but he, somebody had said you were talking about um, they were talking about like emotions, depression, things like that, and sitting in it, taking a yeah. minute to just sit in it, feel it, sit in it. Um, um, for that minute or for that two minutes, feel it, or like absorb it, experience it. And then after that, move on. Um, <clears throat> and that's what I've really learned to try to do to help kind of mitigate my own burnout. As you said, the, 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 the battery is going to go 
down. It's going to need to be recharged at some point. The the tank is going to reach E. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to feel certain things and feel certain ways about certain things. Um, I've been, you know, depressed and stuff. And but I think what really rang true to me in that specific episode is the fact that it's okay for me to sit in that for a you know a minute, take a beat, sit in yeah. that for a minute, absorb it, fill it, and then come out of it. And in that time, reflect. Um, I just went through a course on resiliency training and talked a lot about um, reframing. Yeah. So um, I'm doing a lot of reframing in the situations that I find myself in and how I react to those situations. Um, situations that generate an emotional reaction and then how you physically react. And then was that physical reaction justified? Um, oftentimes with me, it's not necessarily justified to, yeah. <laughs> to the degree that it is. But if I sit about it, if I sit back, I'm kind of sitting in it for a little bit, reframe, think about that situation um, and think about that emotion that it generated within myself. And then I can say, okay, did my reaction, my physical reaction, was that warranted based off of that situation? Yeah. And I think a lot of that can play into these elements of our story. When we're making decisions about building our stories, writing our stories, creating our stories, um, and we find, maybe we find a place uh, where we turn the page and we have a little bit of a writer's block, or we, we find a place where we don't know if we wanna go left or right. Well, um, that's you know like what you said, okay, let me reframe this, see what I'm feeling at the time, um, and then make a decision based off of what direction, what's the intent of, um, why do I want, why am I doing this? What is the intent of me doing things this way? And where do I want this story to lead? Yeah. You and know? look, I think, I think the other part of what you just mentioned that's also fascinating to me is that I may never fully know what actually contributes to this story. Mm -hmm. You know, I know through this show and through the things that you do, we try and break it down. And so we will tackle things specifically like beliefs, fears, limitations, purpose, meaning, all these other things. And I think all of them do play a role. But at the end of the day, what if there are mm. so many other elements that we're not even aware of? And what if it's not necessarily about the drive, but it might be about something completely different that actually creates this whole narrative. And that's what I started to realize within this journey is maybe part of this is about living with the unknown. And, and I think it's only natural for my mind, or maybe I have, I do have a desire to control the circumstances from time to time and feel like I, I know exactly how it all plays out and this puzzle piece goes here and then it completes the picture. But then reality of the matter is that may not even always be the case because everything, everything's evolving. The sense of purpose that I have today, am I going to have the same sense of purpose in five or 10 years? I have no idea which is another very difficult question that I have had to answer throughout my life. And to be honest with you, I, in the recent years, I literally just kept responding with, I don't know. And the question of where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I have no idea where to even begin in answering that question. Five years is a really long time. If you really think about it, 10 years is even longer. 
So I, I, I know, did you ever find that challenging in your life? Whenever you were asked that question, who is Caleb Pearson in five years? Mm, I didn't find it challenging because I, I, I saw, I lived a lot in the future. Um, a lot of the decisions that I made was okay. Um, I'm making this decision because I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, or worried about the fallout that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Uh, the challenge that I find um, is worrying too much about the future. That I have this idea of where I want to be in five years or 10 years because I am a future thinking kind of person. But I wrote down um, the whole living with the unknown and yeah. how I, I I think people need to break embrace that more. Um the unknown because you really, we don't really control it. We don't have any control over that um, for, and you know, I think, so there's, there's three planes that you can choose to live on or choose to put yourself in. And that's in the past, in the future, in the present, but you've got no control over any of those things except for the now, right? You have no control over what's happened in the past. Cause it's already happened. You have no idea what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> Right. And even now, right, we have no idea what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. <laughs> we don't know what, let alone five years or 10 years from now. But what we do know is that we are here in the present. So I know how I feel right now. I know how, where my mind is right now. I know what my tasks are for what I need to do and achieve now. And I am here in this moment, in this conversation with you. Um, and this is what I can control. Uh, so my challenge is not necessarily trying to figure out where I want to be in the future, but not living so much in the future, accepting and living with the unknown and taking control and being here in the present. And missing the present entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found the same exact thing. And I, I, I can't say that I have found the perfect recipe or the equation for how to live in the present because i certainly have not but <laughs> i will say that it, it's been it's a daily practice for me mm. to actually be in the moment because i think having a similar mindset where i am at parts or, or at times future oriented having the to-do list i mean it, that thing that to-do list with a never-ending things of to do in the course of a day where literally mm. there are simply not enough hours mm. to write all these things down or to accomplish them. I found myself doing the same exact thing, really struggling to live in the present moment mm -hmm. and, and to engage and, and to understand what does connection even feel like now? Because I've built it so much around building for the future and, ach and achieving all these things. And I think for me, the, the personal danger that I've experienced in those things is I, begin to realize after a while is that in achieving certain things throughout life, there's always going to be the next thing. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be the next thing after that. Whenever I would achieve, I, I would achieve a milestone or, or a goal. I realized that all it did is that, yes, it set a mile marker for me and it helped me create a certain story. Or in fact, I had to create a certain story to get to that goal. Mm -hmm. But then from that goal, the question remained the same. What's next? Right. And then what's after that? Mm -hmm. And then what's after that? So in a way, it's like a never ending thing. 
And I remember recently I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and she said something really profound to me. And she said that you've been building this story for so many years. What if you were to take a step back and actually enjoy what you've built? Mm. Almost like harvest the fruit and understand that what you've built to this point still has value. You don't have to constantly create, create, create. And then it brought me back to another conversation I had two or three years ago. I was sitting down with a friend of mine over a cup of coffee. And he said that one of the things that he admired about me was my ability to create. Mm. And then in that moment, he said, one of the things that you may have to learn moving forward is how to maintain, mm. which are two drastically different things. Very. That's what I've learned through my experiences. I love to create. I love to experience new things. I love the whole quote, quote unquote progress of it all. But personally maintaining, it's still an ongoing challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I find myself also challenged by maintaining. I'm, I'm like you, I mean, I'm an engine. I, 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 boom, I'm putting stuff out there. I can create all, all day. My mind is constantly doing that, but it's the main maintaining that the maintenance that goes along with that. And then I also wanted to go back and allude to something that you, you spoke to um, about appreciating what you built along the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't do that enough. I know that I don't um, because I think like you, I set a goal, go on the journey to reach it, get there. All right. What's next? Yeah. Right. Instead of saying, man, look what I did. Look how many people it impacted. Let's talk about it. Can we make it better? Is there an improvement? Um, and then also to talk to what I said about looking into the future. It's good to have goals. It's good to yeah. be ambitious, to set goals, to um, have aspirations and everything, but don't be so consumed and wrapped up in it that you forget to be here in the present and taking a look and an appreciation for who is there to appreciate you now for the impacts that you, you, you've had on them now. Right. Yeah. Um, and who's going to help, uh, you know, walk with you on your journey as you're writing your story and creating your story. And, um, and that goes back to the first question you asked me um, with, is there a right or wrong story? Is there, and I think that all depends on uh, during my path and on my journey, am I aligned with whatever my goal is? Have I strayed from it um, or not? And then even then, if I have strayed, am I still right or wrong? Because if I strayed, maybe I'm changing now what my end goal is. Yeah. You know? Um yeah. I just just how, deep thought. <laughs> how do you know when to take a step back and reflect upon mm. what you have built? Like is that something you do intentionally, like I don't know, once a month, every day, once a week, or is there something is there a point that you hit like a roadblock or a burnout or whatever it is mm. that creates mm. that space for you? So I try to do it at least once a, a week. I try to do it. Um, I try to do it often. To and how do you reflect without completely changing the the previous plan entirely? Um. Well, accepting what was, uh -huh. being appreciate appreciative of what you have done, and celebrating the small wins. 
I think that's a huge one. Um, appreciating the small things, um, taking uh, time to really celebrate. Man, I, I this was it wasn't huge, but it was a link and or a step towards the direction that I needed to go to or be in for that week or whatever. Um, and because I think that that's the fuel to continued motivation. Um, I think that's the the uh, the wood, you know, to keep feeding the fire yeah. um, is those small wins, recognizing those small wins. So during that self-reflection that I try to have once a week, I have to because I have to stay motivated. Um, and I also have to make sure uh, that where I've gone, how I've gotten to where I am in that particular moment, what were my interactions with, with people? Um, how did I impact anybody? Did I impact anybody? Did I hurt anybody? Um, does something need to be readdressed? Should I go back and talk to somebody? But also keeping my eye on the fact, well, I still do have this end, this end goal. I still do have this objective that I'm trying to achieve and get to. Um, so not really letting it stray unless I consciously decide to make a decision to change things, but not letting others influence that change. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And the whole reason why I asked is because I think for me, one of the things that I found challenging is, so I, I do similar things. And I think when it comes to relationships or the things that you mentioned, like, did I hurt someone or should I have, should I, should I have said things differently? I'm able to change those. But when it comes to some of these other things, like going back to podcasts and different things mm -hmm. that you and I are building, I'm also understanding that for some of those things, what is the efficient amount of time that I need to give a particular task before I completely change course? Mm. So for example, in releasing, and for anyone that's going to be listening, that's a podcast host, I, I think they'll be able to relate, but let's say you really release certain episode at a certain frequency mm -hmm. and is a week really long enough in order for you to observe the changes and then make the changes the following week? Is it a month? And so that's one of the questions that I am personally still trying to answer in regard to some of these things is what is a sufficient amount of time in order for true reflection to take place? Mm -hmm. Some of these things that take longer. I mean, with the relationships, I think it's maybe a little bit easier or more manageable. You know, if I hurt someone, I feel it in the moment. So it might take me a day or, or two to get back to them and say, hey, I'm sorry mm -hmm. for X, Y, and Z. But some of these other things that are based on uh, long-term growth, mm -hmm. how do you know? Like, what is mm -hmm. a sufficient amount of time? And then how do you how do you not fall into the trap of constantly changing things over and over and over and over again, mm -hmm. but not seeing the full result? Mm -hmm. Maybe the first approach that you had was the best approach, but yet I chose to change it because I got some new ideas and new inspiration, and then week two, it's a new thing. Mm -hmm. Week three, it's a new thing. Um. It reminded me kind of, I, I'm thinking about my, so I'm thinking about like a bank account or like a checking account, right? <laughs> um, and, and I'm thinking, cause you know, you put so much money in it, right? Uh, yeah. And it gets charged up, whatever, when your paycheck comes in. But at the same time, you're also taking things out, 
And if you're not if you're not keeping track of what's coming out, then eventually, <laughs> um, if you keep swiping, keep plugging, put and you put it in your chip, eventually you're you're just gonna run out of money. Um, but one thing, so I remember I was going over my 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 finances the other day, and I was looking at the books and stuff, and I was in a mode where I hadn't checked into my account for a little bit, right? Um, and I had made some purchases uh, a little bit more than I usually did. Um, and I'm looking and there's like all of these pending transactions. And then eventually, and then there's a number of what is supposed to be left after the pending transactions happen. And a lot of times, but during that time, you're still taking things out. So you're creating more pending transactions. Yeah. So I had this, this number in my does not end. <laughs> right. I had this number in my head about what's supposed to be left after all those pending transactions, but I didn't account for the ones that I'm currently <laughs> presently making. And I think that's the same thing in life, right? Um <laughs> should I probably pay a little bit more attention um to my account? Yes. Um I probably should I think maybe, yeah, you you need to deliberately set up some self-reflection instead of waiting for the correct time to do so. If it's, so for some people, it needs to be daily. Um, so for me, I do it at least uh, weekly, uh, two or three times a week. But um, I think it needs to be deliberate because at some point you're going to keep making transactions that are going to be pending, meaning that that's time where... Those interactions, the, the the energy that you put into a project or something, all of that still has to process. Yeah. And it takes time for it to see um, a result or it takes time for it to see a reaction. Right. Especially when you're interacting with people, um, people process conversations and situations throughout the day. They may have had an immediate reaction in their conversation. Right. A response. But at the end of the day, as you alluded to, you can still reflect on things that you were told two years ago. Yeah. That's two years of processing. Yeah. So at some point, put the car down, stop swiping and let it clear. Let the bank clear. Let everything settle. Right. Let those pending transactions no longer be pending and just have been transactions um, and then recharge. But see what's left afterwards. Um, and then what's left afterwards, you can base, you know, that's my next step. I, maybe what's left afterwards is I don't have a lot of energy to, yeah. to move forward right now. I just don't, I, I need to take some time. Um, I did great, did a whole lot of stuff. A lot of stuff happened. Uh, had a bunch of conversations put out and pushed a bunch of content out on these, you know, new episodes and stuff, but okay. I see what's left in my account. So let me chill for a minute. Yeah, that's a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> Speaking of a story, could you share with me and everyone else, what is a story that you're creating with the Ignite Podcast? The Ignite Podcast. So I know um, <laughs> this is <laughs> it's a couple times. So I know this is a couple times. I've Unless you've it. changed your story completely and no longer I, doing the Ignite Podcast. <laughs> oh, no, no. It is definitely still a thing. And so what I was trying to do and what I was trying to struggling with, and maybe I just, I need to like uh, educate myself a little bit more on it um, so I can get, I want to grow up and be like Oleg someday. 
But um, <laughs> I was trying to go live and I kept running through into issues. And so I was supposed to release like two weeks ago and I uh, created this promo video and everything for it. But um, I just I was having issues with the live and then my schedule wasn't lining up with the people that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back to what I know, which is sometimes OK, guys, it's OK to stick to what you know for a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to go back to what I know. And uh, I've I've got my first person, um, inter- the per- first person I'm going to interview lined up. We're going to get it after it. I'm going to do the interview and then push it out. And it'll be released on Wednesdays. Um, I will let you know what particular Wednesday. But my And then I'm also going to do Soul Sundays. So we'll have Wednesdays and Sundays for the podcast. But Ignite, you can go ahead and find that um, on Instagram at the underscore Ignite podcast. And then also it's part of... Um, a network that um, I'll speak to later. Speaking of expectations, you just created a huge one there um, <laughs> for yourself and into the world. Right? <laughs> I did. So, I did. <laughs> I did. And Sundays, here you go. <laughs> that's, but that's one of the, the kind of going back and, and to wrap out this conversation, how we even started this, you know, the challenge, the beauty and the curse of creating a story is that, in putting the story out to other people, you do, you can create, or I, I can create a set of expectations for myself that I may or may not have wanted. That's mm-hmm. the other part. And then from there, you're held accountable, or maybe you're not. Maybe that's just a perception, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me thinking I'm somehow held accountable to everyone when the reality of the matter is, I mean, are people truly waiting by the computer, getting ready to click to join the, the rooms? Mm. Maybe I don't know, or does it just fit, fit into their schedule depending on where they're at? So there's just that going back to there's so much I don't know uh, about mm-hmm. this story and all the elements and everything that plays a part of it. But I just wanna I wanna appreciate you for being a part of this, and I, I know that whenever you and I connect, we always go deep into these topics. So just everything that's been shared, it definitely opened my mind to so much more about this topic. Awesome. Yes, sir. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next time.